Hey teachers, Tarun here for Karma Classrooms. In this episode, we're gonna be looking at the three prominent teaching styles and looking at their pros and cons and asking the question, which one are you? And trying to identify if that teaching style is helping you or hindering you in your ability to manage the classroom. Come on, let's get into it. All right, here we go. We're going to look at three prominent teaching styles and look at their pros and cons and ask the question, which one are you and is it helping or hindering your teaching or managing the classroom? Before we get into it, I just want to remind you to subscribe or to follow the page that you're watching this video on. We create content every week and we'd love you to get a hold of that and not miss any episode. And uh, if you're listening on a podcast, don't forget to subscribe and give us a review. We'd love to hear from you as well. All right, let's get into it. So the first teaching style I want to talk about is the authoritarian. The authoritarian is probably your um, what your caricature of an old school teacher might be. You know, back in the day uh, where the teacher was the boss, it was very strict. It was very much rules and consequences. That was the whole thing. The, the teacher laid down the law. They had a set of consequences. And if you broke the rules then you got the consequence and there was no uh, room for error or no room for leeway or margin. Now the authoritarian structure is not all bad. I know that it's probably fallen out of favor a little bit but there are some actual really key elements to behavior management in the authoritarian style of teaching that we should all pay attention to and the first thing is this that with an authoritarian style a very it's very effective at establishing boundaries. Now, if you've done any work with me or done any of my courses, you know that I'm a big advocate for having clearly communicated boundaries and expectations in the classroom. If you don't communicate your expectations well, there's not gonna be any structure or behavior in the class. So uh, this teaching style is very good at establishing the rules and managing those rules very effectively, both traits that are very important for behavior management. Uh, this style also tends to be fairly effective with small children, okay? Uh, in a way, the authoritarian style plays off hierarchies or understanding that human nature, we tend to walk into rooms and we tend to assess the uh, status of the person we're in interacting with. We do this subconsciously and we place them in a hierarchy depending on how we perceive them. So if we perceive them to be someone in authority, we tend to give deference to them. If we perceive them to be someone lower than us, then we give no deference to them. Now, with younger children, they, uh, if somebody is in charge and they have a clear set of rules, they will very quickly uh, defer to that person. And so if you're teaching younger children, having clear expectations, being very firm with your boundaries can be very good at establishing a good uh, rapport of respect between younger child and teacher. Uh, this tends to fall apart with older students because as they become teenagers, they go through a process called individualization where they're actually looking for ways to actually separate uh, from the adults that are in charge of them. And so uh, very often an authoritarian style can work negatively with teenagers. It can actually create power struggles where the teenager wants to show their dominance over the teacher. And so if you get an authoritarian teacher who's working with someone who is like this, what will happen is very often the interaction will escalate unnecessarily. So that's a, that's a con with the authoritarian style. Sometimes the authoritarian style can leave no room for 
uh, understanding the humanity of a person. You know, uh, managing behavior, human behavior is more gray than black and white. Sometimes circumstance and sometimes background do play a part in how people behave. And so we need to be able to be flexible enough to understand that and work with each student individually to a point. Uh, the authoritarian never sees it like that. The authoritarian is, these are the rules, these are the consequences, and we're not departing from that. Well, if you take that approach, what will often happen is you'll break relationship because if you can't see the humanity of the person, if you can't take the time to investigate and to understand what they're going through, then you may well make a decision or a consequence that is uh, insensitive, unempathetic, or perhaps not in the best interest of the child long term. And so just be really careful of that aspect of it. And also uh, the authoritarian structure, as I mentioned before, is based in a power hierarchy. So it's, I'm the boss, I'm the teacher, you will respect me. Now that's fine uh, if that's the way you see yourself, but what will happen is if you approach teaching like that, in especially in our current society, what you'll find is many children are not raised with that perception of teachers. You know, back in the day, teacher, your parents would tell you, your teacher's in charge, you need to respect them, it doesn't matter whether you like them. Well, that's not the case anymore. Most families are raising their children to be a little bit independent. They don't have to naturally respect their teachers or they're not expected to. And so when you have children coming into the classroom that don't necessarily defer to you automatically, you have to earn that respect and you have to take time to build the rapport and the relationship before they'll respect you. If you just come in with the authoritarian approach, it doesn't compute for them and it can actually create barriers for you and working with that child. So that's the authoritarian style. The second style is the democratic style. Now the democratic style is more collaborative. The teacher and students work together to work out rules, they work work out consequences together, you know, they discuss everything and it becomes a real process of the teacher becomes a facilitator for the students engagement with the way the classroom is managed. Now, uh, this can be really powerful because it allows students to feel like they're valued, their opinions are valued, uh, it makes them feel heard when the teacher is listening to them and they get to say their piece, they get to express themselves and it also teaches them cooperation with each other and also cooperation with the teacher. So, you know, there's some positives with the democratic approach. There's also some cons to the democratic approach as well. What can sometimes happen is it can blur the line between teacher and student. If you err too much towards the democratization of behavior management, what will often happen is students stop respecting the teacher as the person who is ultimately responsible for their well-being and for outcomes. And that's the reality of teaching is, although it's nice to be collaborative with your class, ultimately the buck stops with you and you have to take responsibility for the behavior in your class and the, and the academic outcomes in your class. And so that requires you sometimes to take charge of the classroom. And that's not always possible if you're fully democratic. You know, sometimes that line can be blurred and the students can take advantage of it. The second thing that it um, can do is it can dilute the importance of clear expectations. If you have the teacher, as the teacher, have established this uh, set of expectations, which I recommend you do, uh, by having a democratic environment, some people may feel that, okay, those rules don't apply to me because I don't agree with them. And so by giving them too much say in how things are run, you may find it very hard to enforce or get them to adhere to your expectations in 
the classroom. And so that's a couple of cons with the democratic approach. It's valuable, but there are some weaknesses in it when it comes to behavior management. And the third one I wanted to look at is the laissez-faire approach. Now the laissez-faire teacher is very relaxed, very permissive in the way that they manage kids. It's like there's no nothing's off limit per se. You know, they really want to encourage kids to be independent, want to encourage kids to be creative, they want to encourage kids to be self-determining, which can be very positive. You know, being able to teach kids to think independently, to be able to be creative, to be able to problem solve by themselves, it's a really powerful uh, thing that children need to learn how to do. Uh, the difficulty with this approach is that with a lack of structure, it usually leads to chaos. And so chaos when it comes to managing children really uh, breeds anxiety amongst kids. Kids thrive on structure. Kids thrive on feeling secure and knowing where they're going. And so by creating uh, a laissez-faire approach where there's no structure, uh, the children are really going to start saying, well, who's really in charge here? Who's managing this operation? And for some children, that will cause anxiety, which can manifest itself as uh, behavior uh, or negative behavior. But it can also uh, just create this uh, chaotic environment. It becomes noisy. It becomes difficult to concentrate. It becomes difficult to keep children on a task. It can also tend towards an attitude of self-indulgence. Uh, when there are, is no structure, when there is no expectation that you consider the other people in your environment, uh, it can tend towards everything's about me. Everything's, uh, uh, you're here for my benefit, you're here to help me get what I want. And so that can create, if you like, uh, children who can be entitled or can be a bit bratty and perhaps uh, difficult to work with. And so uh, what I want you to do, I don't want to say, hey, this is right, this is wrong. I want you to evaluate your teaching practice and ask yourself, what, which one sounds more like me? You'll probably have a tendency towards one. And if you can see value in some of the pros of the other systems, then start to incorporate it. If you can see negatives in the system that you're using or the style you use, then you need to address that and say, okay, this is stuff I can change to make my behavior management more effective. Uh, like I said before, teaching is not, uh, behavior management is not black and white. And so you really kind of need to be able to shift between three teaching styles a lot of the time. I tend to err towards more authoritarianism. I'm about I'm more about structure and I'm more about having fairly clear expectations. But I also understand there's a human aspect to teaching and I need to be able to give allowances. I need to be able to talk to kids. I need to be able to work co collaboratively with them. It's not always black and white. And there are some times where I actually need to encourage children to be independent, to be less dependent on me and to start thinking for themselves. And so you, you, it kind of ebbs and flows and you need to figure out where you sit within that uh, set of styles and take the pros and address the cons and it will make your teaching practice more effective. Okay, that was a bit of a long video, but I hope you found it really helpful. If you did enjoy it, give us a thumbs up and uh, give us a comment, tell us what you thought. And you know, if you've got a topic that you want us to talk about, let us know, just put it in the comments and we'd love to hear from you. Hey, don't forget that I have my free ebook, Behavior Management Blueprint, that's available on my website. And with, when you download this free ebook, you also get a five video email course where I walk you through the five keys to managing behavior more effectively. If you wanna get your hands on that, go to karmaclassrooms.today slash blueprint and you can download that for free. And I think that'll really kickstart your 
behavior management. Until next time, I'm Tarun Stevenson. Look forward to talking to you soon.